This is Peter Jonathan Robertson with episode 202 of the PJ Archive, which is an interview I did with one of the all-time great comedians, some might say the greatest, Billy Connolly. He's also a renowned musician, writer, artist, presenter, an actor who starred in movies such as Mrs. Brown, The Man Who Sued God and Quartet. Since 1989, Billy has been married to the comedian, actress, writer and psychologist Pamela Stevenson, with whom he has three children. He has two other children from his first marriage. Originally from Glasgow in Scotland, of course, Billy was settled in the United States by the time of this interview in 1990, immediately after he'd hosted the BAFTA LA Awards. Oh, I come here because I work here. There's lots of work. I do television, I do live. I've, been, I've performed live in America for 17 years. I don't change the humour. I don't change it to suit the audience. I never have done and I never will. I, I, Americans are an extraordinary audience. They listen incredibly well. And if you, if you listen to ordinary American uh, life, like in a shop or in a, in a movie theatre, anywhere people uh, communicate, the mixture of accents in the average American's life is extraordinary in any given day. They're very, very good listeners. And uh, the great, I toured with rock bands, and I used to die the death of a thousand cuts. Opening, you know, but it's before comedy was popular here. But then I, I opened for the softer bands like Manhattan Transfer and Doctor Hook, and it was once I got into that audience who listened to words and lyrics, it was easy, easy. It's, it's a great country. You don't actually get many hecklers in Glasgow anymore. Heckler, you know, because I've become known as a kind of storyteller, so I don't get. At first, when I was just another comedian, they would all go for me and shout things. Uh, but it was good. It was like Shakespearean theatre. It was alive. You know, the way Shakespeare originally was. People used to bring their lunch and shout. And the actors would shout back. Well, I think that's quite healthy. But when it gets to story, t- that now they like to watch my technique and the way I do things. It's all settled down and it's good fun. Do you miss Scotland? I do. I miss fishing. Yeah. In Perthshire, anywhere. Yeah, in Loch Lomond. I love Loch Lomond. But I like the rivers in Perthshire. Brown trout is my heart's delight, you know. Salmon's okay, but I like the old trout. And Mike Keaton goes to Montana. He knows a great place in Montana, but I've never had that stretch of time that I can do that. He told me about the He goes fishing to, with some other actors. and they do, they do this thing where they blow up a tyre. You float with your legs dangling and you fish. Oh, I'd love to have a go at this. And I'd like to fish Alaska. But the thing I like most... Here, being in America, is you can go to festivals and hear... Because I play the banjo, and I like to hear the great banjo players and fiddlers. So I can go to these folk festivals. and There's one in Topanga in a couple of weeks. Banjo contests and stuff. It's great to be right next to the good guys. Because when you're a banjo player in Britain, it's a bit like being a nose flutist. You know, people think there's something wrong with you. You know, they think a banjo's a broken guitar. And they go... Oh, banjo, bang, bang, cleaning windows. He said, no, no. Did you enjoy yourself today? How oh, it yeah, it was a gas. I really enjoyed it. It's good fun. It's nice to make it relaxed for people, isn't it? Yeah. It was quite a shock for some people, I should think, to see someone like yourself you know, presenting an Yeah, well, normally they, they give the job to disc jockeys. I've never understood that. You know, guys who spend their life telling you the time and playing other people's records... So I thought if they can do it, there must be a sort of way that I can do it. 
you know, I, that that was a problem finding a way to work with that technology and still be myself, you know, all reined up with that gear, you know, and batteries in your pockets. Mm. But it's actually quite a pleasant thing to do once you're over the initial shock of what you're doing, you know. You become very well known over here now through yeah. the head of the class. Head of the class, and I did the HBO special with Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, where I did what I actually do for a living right. has made me has been very good because if I was just in head of the class sitcom stuff they would look on me on a certain light nice but they would say oh yeah he's the guy in sitcom but because I've got these two strings because I do the David Letterman show and stuff so I've got that hip edge they I've I've got great respect here I, I really love it are we going to get head of the class in Britain mm. but you see they already have four years of it or five years from the other guy. So mine will have to be tacked on to the end. Uh, and, but I don't know if they may not even be showing it by the time it comes my turn. Mm. I, d- I don't care. And you've got another, you've got a pilot coming up, haven't you? I have got a pilot. It. Tell me a bit about that. I've absolutely, I can't, I've got, I don't know anything about it. I haven't seen the script, I see it this week. It's, mm. it's an ongoing college situation. I leave the school and go somewhere else mm. and teach some other people. That's a spin-off. From I, I think there'll be fewer people in it and, and I think they'll be older. Mm. But that's all I know. How do you enjoy working over here? Oh, it's great. Yeah. They have a great attitude to work. It's a bit like the Scottish attitude. I think maybe that's where the attitude came from. I don't mm. know. Or maybe it was Jewish. There's mm. that. Uh, they respect the work. Mm. And, uh, you know, you should get there on time and should get on with it. And they pay very well. Uh, th- th- I find their attitude... And there's all the ancillary bits. All the, if you need something... You say, well, look, I would like a... A different kind of thing for this. A different kind of. I think it would give me the edge. It's there because uh, their attitude is: if it makes you work and therefore make us money, you mm. got it. You want it, you got it. And if it doesn't work, you put it off. And they say, "Oh, I liked your idea." Like it's, it's a very, it's a very happy. There's an there's an optimism here that I like. Mm. Whereas in other places, and sometimes in Britain, there's a lack of optimism, which either caused by government or the weather. Or the press. Uh, or the, or the press. But, but I think <laughs> the press get it from the same place. Mm. No, no, the British press aren't to be trusted with anything. They're a bunch of cunts. Let me put you completely in the picture. In America, when you're successful, they put your name on the sidewalk and let people walk on it. In Britain, the press try to achieve that while you're still around. <laughs> let people walk all fucking over you. Right? They are basically cunts. You know, not to be trusted with any information worth a shit. Right? But they don't like success. They've never liked success because they've never fucking had any. They don't know what it's all about. Most of them couldn't write home for money. Most of them are talent-free. So, they just whinge and whine all the time. How do you adapt to the lifestyle over here? Because that's very glamorous, isn't it? That's lovely. Oh, the lifestyle's good. The lifestyle is what you want. It. You see, a thing I love about Americans is they work very hard, but they play hard too. Whereas the guys in Britain who work hard go home and sit in clubs and smoke cigars or, you know, go to a fucking golf club. The people here are great believers in play and doing things. They're great doers of things. And so you... And it's wonderful for the kids. You can go away to festivals in the mountains or, you know, or puppet shows over there or theatre over there. It's, Los Angeles is a bit spectacular, but it really is a gas. For instance, right, right where we stand, you can see the snow in the hills. You can ski there in the morning and sunbathe over there in the afternoon. 
I mean, come on. It's, I don't do it, but it's it's there. Was it a big decision to bring your family out here? Or was it sure. Only from the logistical point of view, from the looking for schools, you know. I mean, it's... Oh, you'd lose the will to live just looking for schools and, you know, and getting them... You, you, then you get schools, but it's three different schools. You have to get them out of the three places every day or try and... Get, it's, it's, and then find a house mm. in the middle of it all and do all this and do it. Buy a new car, rent another one for them. Mm. Oh, then the nanny says she wants to go home. Oh, God! <laughs> How are Pamela and the children settling in, though? Brilliant. They all yeah. love it here. Mm. The children instantly loved it. Right. And Pamela has liked it here for many years, mm. you know. She, you must remember, she's Australian. Mm. She, you, know, you know, she doesn't miss Britain like a British person does. Mm. The way I do. I, I miss... See, I like winter. I like, I've got winter clothes that I love. And I, I like the changing seasons because I like putting on my big boots and my big coats and all that and getting about it and going fishing in the spring mm. and getting all my stuff ready mm. you know and mm. s- spending the winter uh, repairing my waders mm. so they don't you know, so they don't get freezing in the river in the spring and that, that makes me happy mm. and tidying up my flies and all that and then but here there's, there's just one season mm. and I think that's what causes a lot of the attitude here they, they don't experience the transient nature of life that the seasons gives you and so they look on ageing uh, as an illness that can maybe be cured mm-hmm. which is a very unhealthy thing you know, whereas in cultures where the seasons are a part of your culture, you accept the departure and ageing easier I think and it's made, it's made the people here a bit panicky mm. you Do you think you might become a bit Americanised? Nah. The children are going to start putting on American accents? Oh they've already started American <laughs> accents School just wipes you right, out you know. Right. No matter how you fight it My daughter told me, I said something and she said It's really gross <laughs> oh, What? <laughs> and, they, and it's lovely I find it quite, because when they went to school in Australia They were Australians mm. I find it a, and when My daughter came from, from Scotland when she was eight and it was a month, and she was talking like that, you know. She was at Putney High School. Well, now she's at school in Ascot. She's talking like that. <laughs> Do you think you might have any more children? I don't think so. I think it's it's been hard for Pam, you know. We had, uh, she's had, you know, those three caesarean kids in five years. So it's, you know, Daisy, Daisy's seven and a bit now, and Scarlett is two and a bit. Amy's in the middle, she's four. So I think a, a little, at the very least, a little break for Pam. And let her get on with her life and her career, because she really misses being uh, creative. Mm. You know, she, was, she wasn't born to, to change nappies. It must be quite tough for them, you know, having you both in showbiz and also living over here. It's quite a lot of pressure. It's tough it? in one, but it's also great in another way. Like, I, I get lots of time off and we make decent money. So they, they don't want for things. So it's... Where it swings and roundabouts very much, you know, and they, they have a very colourful life, mm. thanks to show business. Are you quite protective of them, though? Yes, I am. Mm. Mm. Do you perhaps, I wouldn't imagine you'd have to be quite so protective over here as you would have in Britain. Well, you have to be everywhere. The world is pretty strange, especially in big cities. You have to be on your case all of the time, because as soon as you relax, something awful happens. Mm. So we, we, we tend to, to, to look after that side of things. But they... But my life is rather jolly, I must confess. Mm. I have a lovely time. I think people imagine it to be very sort of a bit chaotic in your household. It is. Quite, quite wacky, is it? Is that the it's case? not wacky, but it's very chaotic. Right. 
And it's like, I am more female. Like, Pam behaves like a single guy. Right, at home, you know, she mm. drops things, or leaves things all mm. over the place. And I, and I behave like somebody's mother. I'm tidy. Mm. You know, you, and I put things away. They never know which ones of my shirts are dirty because I fold them, you know, that way. It's a military thing I learned, you know, when I used to be in a parachute regiment. <laughs> and I, I stack my shirts, like, you know, I fold, I make the bed, I, I put my shoes together in drawers. And, uh, and Pam just goes, it is behind me, therefore it does not exist. So she, she behaves the way people think I do. Mm. Who do the children take after? I think more Pam than me. They, I mean, they have a great love of, of uh, bawdry mm-hmm. that I've instilled mm-hmm. in them. They think mm-hmm. farting's the funniest thing on earth. And they're jolly and they laugh loud and long. But Pamela, you can see Pamela written all over mm-hmm. them. They look and walk like her. Mm-hmm. Daisy looks like me. But uh, Pamela's had a serious influence. And the nanny, Martine, is Scottish. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, from the Hebrides. And she has got them all singing the Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond and over the sea to sky you know do you think they might be performers in, in... no they, Amy wants to be a ballet dancer a Daisy changes every day of what she'd like to do and uh, Scarlett just wants to be the same as everybody else mm. a lot of people are very worried about their children and for the future of the world generally is that something which concerns you no not at all none I'm an optimist mm. I knew we'd stuff Saddam Hussein they always see dictators have a terrible habit of killing all the clever guys. It's just one of those lovely things. As soon as they said he has taken over control of the army, I thought, Christ, we're home and dry, brilliant. It's the old Hitler stuff, you know, it's fuck. So, I was going to put it in my act about, the first thing a dictator must do is kill all the threats. They are the intelligent ones. So you kill them, and you're left with all the doolies, but sophisticated equipment, and people, nobody to work it. And so you, that's, that's why Scud was crap, because people were frightened to tell him. See, this, this isn't very good. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? So you had to win. So the threat, any threats to the world will come from people like that. And I think we've never, we've never failed to stuff them. Mm. You know, common sense will prevail. You know, knowledge dispels fear. Just, I, I'm not... Fr- you see, I mean, I heard a woman on the radio. I get quite... I, I remember I was going to Patrick Reichardt's house. You know, mm. Patrick the actor. I was going there. And, this, and I, got, I arrived angry. I heard this woman on the radio saying... No, we didn't have children because we didn't want to bring them into the world and state the world's in. How can you think like that? Because when I was born, the world was in the middle of World War Two. Germans were dropping shit on my town. Now, if my parents thought like she did, I wouldn't exist. We are living in the greatest times in history. You know, you mustn't take the, the idiots into account when you're going to measure the world. There's stunning things going on here. Smallpox has been eradicated from the face of the earth. You know, you must always remember the guys doing that. This is a good place. And, and I'm an optimist. It's going good places, the world. Although there's a lot of pollution, there are also a lot of people trying to control that pollution who weren't before. The world's waking up. Finally, talking of going places, what are your plans, what are your hopes for the future as it were yourself? I'm okay. I don't think much of the future. You know, like uh, amb- in amb- ambitious terms, mm. because I've actually done most of the things I ever wanted to do, mm. and I'm a working comedian. So I, what I, what I really want is health to keep doing what I do. Mm. Uh, the rest is all gravy. Television is gravy. 
gigs like this is just gravy. Films, I get them every every now and again. I get a film, and that's nice. Mm. It's a bonus. Uh, but what I am is a comedian, and I, and thank God I'm good at it. I like and I like. I still love doing it. And personal hopes for the family? Don't know. Just healthy hopes is what I think, because everything else takes care. If you do the groundwork, the rest takes care of itself. It's just that they all stay healthy, that's stay sense. educated. You know. Thanks very much. No, thank you. Thanks.